What's up, morning crew? Welcome to the podcast that helps you get your day started the right way. My name is Jackson, and I am the host of this fantastic podcast where we discuss building successful habits, finding sources of motivation, and focusing on building a positive and optimistic environment. Today on The Morning Crew, our special guest is Matthew Choi. Matt is a former Division I football player turned runner, content creator, trainer, entrepreneur, you name it. At the time of this recording, Matt has amassed a following of over 300,000 on TikTok, 47,000 on Instagram, and 21,000 subscribers on YouTube. He has done so by posting fitness and health content, uh, videos about his personal journey, motivational content, and so much more. He has done incredible things, such as completing the Grindstone 100-mile ultramarathon, completed the David Goggins 4x4x48 challenge, completed 2,000 jump ropes per day, every day for 30 days straight, and so many more other races and challenges that you can find on his accounts. This discussion that I had with Matt was one of the best conversations I've ever had, and I know that I'm going to listen back to this episode whenever I'm in need of some motivation. So, without further ado, let's get on with our discussion with the man himself, Matthew Choi. Matt, it's so good to have you here. Dude, Jackson, super, super grateful to be here, man. I'm really excited for this chat. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I just want to dive right into it, man. So... How did you get to where you're at? Um, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, so a little bit of background about myself. Um, my name is Matthew Choi. I am an Korean American. I've been born in Jersey. Um, I grew up with a single mother and an older brother. Um, sports was like a big part of my life just growing up. And, you know, I played college football, um, played all throughout high school, and then ended up playing in college up at Monmouth University in New Jersey. And that's kind of like where a lot of the challenges I've done up to this point, like kind of my foundation has always been being a student athlete and obviously football being the main focus. And um, I believe like, like football has kind of set a lot of like life skills and it's kind of created, you know, kind of the part of the person who I am today in that sense. Um, but then I got into sales and marketing. Um, I studied business management and marketing in college and ended up getting a sales job once like my quote unquote football career was done. And I wasn't loving what I was doing. And I ended up then leaving my job, moving back home. And I got into personal training. And at this time, like I was really making a lot of content just because there's an entrepreneur I listened to, his name's Gary Vee. And he talked about like one, attention arbitrage and how everyone's attention is on these devices. And if you're able to communicate what you do, who you want to serve, what product you want to sell um, on these platforms, like you can create a legit business doing the things that you enjoy to do. And he had this thing, he talked about like, you know, think of yourself as a media company first and then whatever you do. So in my example, like media company first and then personal trainer. So I really, really like let that settle in in my own internal mind. Like how can I make sure that people understand what I do for work so that if they ever wanted to reach out to Matt Choi, they would understand that, oh, he's a health and wellness coach, right? He's a personal trainer. So that's kind of how I, I got into my journey. Like, and I'm sure we'll dive deeper in terms of like some challenges and, and things I've done over that period. But, you know, I'm a student athlete first, got raised by a single mom and I moved around a lot as a kid and that's kind of helped form me into who I am today. And um, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit, a little bit about myself. Yeah. I love it, man. I love Gary Vee too. He's awesome, isn't he? He's a beast. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about the content creation a little bit. So how mm -hmm. did you, I know you said you listened to him a lot, listened to Gary a lot, and uh, that's kind of how you got into it. Um, what was your content like starting out? Because you're, you're pretty big now. You got a lot of followers on, uh, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. So how did you start and how did you get to the point where you're at? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing I would say, and it's it's all about consistency. You know, it's kind of like if you think about health and wellness. I think I love comparing health and wellness and content and marketing because it's very similar. Like most people understand the answers. It's post value, right? Whether it's educational, whether it's inspirational, whether it's um, educational, and also be consistent. And it's no different than in the health and wellness space. Like, you know, if I told you, Jack's like, how do I get in shape? Like, most people on this world will be able to tell you, you need to eat better and move your body more and, you know, be more mindful with what you're doing and how you're treating yourself. And content is the same thing. Like, dude, when I look back at some of my videos three, four years ago, like, I almost like kind of laugh and I cringe. Jackson, I'm like, dude, that video is so cringy. And I'm just like, and, and, you know, as humans, it's, we all have that imposter syndrome. We all feel like, oh my God, but like, who am I to tell someone else what to do? And I think once you realize that you shouldn't tell anyone what to do, but you should just share your experience. And as you do that, you realize that like, at the end of the day, in this world of life, like it all comes down to perspective and how we actually see the world. And if you feel like there's abundance in what you do, and if you feel like you have a voice to, to get it out there, then I think I would challenge everyone to find out what that voice is and what your passion is, because it makes life so much more enjoyable. Like content is not an easy thing to do, but once you get down into your niche and once you find your own rhythm of content, it is one of the most enjoyable and most fulfilling jobs just because you get to control what you say, when you say it, what you want to do and how you want to spend your time. And honestly, like, there's really no other way I would want to live my life in that sense, right? Like, it's to get paid money to do the things I would do for free is, a, in my eyes, like a dream job. And, you know, I didn't get there overnight. And it's something that, you know, a lot of people, they attempt to do, but a lot of them don't stick it out through the struggles, through no one watching their content. Like, Jackson, it sucks when no one watches a piece of content. But oh, yeah understand that that piece, like now you're one piece of content closer to more people seeing your stuff because the more reps you build just like in the gym if you do more push-ups naturally you will get better at them if you make content over time you will get better and that's kind of what helped me throughout the process consistency and just staying disciplined with posting as much as i can for people actually who are listening i'll just give a little backstory real quick um i found this guy um on his youtube channel just out of the blue, I was doing some research for the 4x4x48 challenge, which is an insane challenge, by the way, um, by David Goggins, the man himself. Mm -hmm. He's insane. He's awesome. Um, but um, So I was doing that challenge, and it was a couple of days before the challenge, and I was kind of freaking out because I was, you know, I was doubting myself in my mind. I'm like, I don't know if I'll be able to go through with this. Like I'm thinking 48 miles in 48 hours. That's insane. And so I'm looking up YouTube videos, trying to figure out, okay, how can I strategize this? How can I break this down? You know? And then your video came up um, and I watched the whole thing. It was so helpful, so informative. Um, but then after that, I, I should have subscribed at that time, but um, I didn't subscribe. Um, but then literally like uh, probably a month ago, you pop up on my For You page on TikTok. I'm like, I've seen this guy before. I'm like, he's so familiar. And I'm like, that's it. I, I saw his YouTube video. It was incredibly helpful. And from there, you know, I followed you. Um, I reached out to you. And here we are today. But so I was doing some research um, on, you know, your old content and stuff. And you mentioned, like, the growth, right? You look back and it's, you know, it's kind of cringy. It's like, what am I doing here? And I've, I've seen the same thing and stuff that I post. Um, but I'm looking back at your your videos and they're they're all solid they're all pretty solid but you have grown so much like i don't know if you can tell um like if you've ever looked back at your videos but like 
the way you talk, the way you get your point across is so much more clear. And I'm not just, I'm not trying to like bring down like you know your old self. And no, stuff. not at all, bro. You know it's all, all cringy and stuff, but you have progressed so much. So, is there anything that you do besides just posting consistent content to practice? How often are you creating content? And uh, you know what's like your schedule look like in terms of content creation and then balancing everything else. Yeah, no, no, and I appreciate I appreciate you giving me my flowers in that sense, bro. I think a lot of times in this world now, like, it's okay to, like, give people their flowers when they're doing something awesome or doing something dope, you know, and I appreciate that, seriously. Um, to answer your question, man, I mean, you know, in terms of, like, obviously getting more comfortable in front of the camera, like, I don't think many people in this world are just naturally comfortable in front of the camera. There's definitely a few select people, right? Like, if you look at some really young actors and actresses that get into the industry in Hollywood super early that they just naturally do very well speaking. Um, but it's something that if you think about us as students, how many times when the teacher was like, we're going to read a new line and every single person is going to read the next line. Right. Yeah. And I always remember myself like, Oh my God, counting how many people are in front of me to find out where my line was to make sure I didn't stutter or I didn't look stupid or whatever. Right. Yeah. And naturally it's because all of us have that kind of, imposter syndrome all that those insecurities of like i don't want to look stupid i don't want to look dumb right so for me throughout the process of making a ton of content i just started to callous that voice in my head and it just started not to become a voice anymore like if a, if i stutter in a video if i don't get my point across perfectly like sometimes i just tell myself like matt that's human like you're not reading a script here like you're just talking you're just speaking right. in front of the camera and you're being your authentic self and i think that's what people appreciate the most and you know when people reach out and like they say matt like dude i love like when i feel like i'm able to actually know who you are just through your content and then when i meet you in person i feel that same energy like for me that's the best compliment that i can get from someone else that doesn't really know who i am but if they're able to get enough from my content and then see me in real life and see that that's actually just how I roll like 24 seven, like to me, that's the most important thing because I think nowadays like social media, it's a powerful tool, but it, it can also be used in a very negative way. And I think nowadays people demonize social media a lot and people that are in this space of like, Oh, you're a creator. You don't have a, you don't have a real job and you don't like, you know, you're not working a nine to five and you know, there's no blueprint for this stuff. Right. So you kind of just fall into it and, and, you get better as you go. And that's kind of how I started to improve. And, and dude, Jackson, I'd be lying. I, I literally, I saw some of my older videos and I'm just like, damn, it's so exciting to see though, because you're right. Sometimes as humans, we don't see our growth on a day to day, but when you see things from two years or three years or four years, or even one year, like you can see the progression and growth that you've kind of gone through. Um, but I would say that's kind of how I got more comfortable. It was just, it was practicing. And, and every day when you're just like kind of talking to the camera, like you just, you're building those mental reps, you're building the confidence and, and over time it becomes very, very natural. Um, to answer your second question, when it comes to like actual, like my schedule and how I think about or brainstorm content, I try not to like, I try not to force the creative when it comes to what I do. And Gary, and I'll kind of refer to Gary a lot just because I want to consume so much of his content. And I think anyone out there, if you want to get into this marketing space or personal branding space, like Gary v, Gary v, Gary Vaynerchuk is a great person to kind of watch and watch what he does, not necessarily what he says all the time. Because I know a lot of people watch his stuff on Instagram and they're like, oh, this guy's just a motivational guy. He's a hype man. And you really got to deep dive into his content when it's around business entrepreneurship and marketing, because he gives you a lot of practical tools that will really help you maximize your business. But he has this thing about document, don't create. 
And that was the biggest mentality shift for me where it's like, I don't try to force one video or force the creative on one project. Like I just document my journey, the things I go through throughout my day as an entrepreneur, as a trainer, as a, as a consultant. And I try to just show the journey of what I'm doing, not necessarily like, oh, this is how I work out, right? It's, so it's a little bit different. Like naturally my content is just, it just kind of flows because I'm not trying to force one piece. It's just, I'm going to just show what I'm doing throughout my journey, my day, whether it's what I eat in a day or, you know, what type of workouts or shoes I like to wear to help with this type of workout or, or whatever it might be. Um, so that's kind of how I think about content. Document it. Don't create it because it's a lot easier to just go through your typical day and show little snippets of it versus like sitting in front of a computer and like literally going through every script, every piece of thing that you want to say. Right. Cause then it feels like, damn, is this actually me talking about this? Or am I like, is this, is, is, are you being your authentic self? That's kind of the best question you should ask yourself. Like, am I being my authentic self in this moment? And a lot of times when you're on camera, you're not like, dude, we don't live this world in front of a camera in front of us all day. Right? So until that becomes normal, you need to build those muscles. You have to build those repetitions and then naturally it gets easier to make more content. Yeah. I, I love the, uh, the uh, metaphors and similes you make to uh, personal training because I'm a personal trainer too. So like when you say I love that, reps man. and uh, you know, like you, you got to get in there, you won't see the progress right away. You might look at progress. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, uh, that hits, hits home for me. Um, I kind of want to segue into another question that I have for you. And it's a very broad question, but it's meant to be broad. Um, how do you define success? Wow. That is a, I love this. Um, I mean, I define success as, you know, one, it's different for every single human, right? But my definition of success would be being able to wake up every single day in the morning and enjoying what you do. And whether it's a journey of trying to build a business or qualify for a race or, you know, complete your first marathon or triathlon, whatever it might be, like, it's just about the journey of enjoying the day to day and, and the work, right? And that to me is success. Like, I've gotten to a point where, you know, I've made some money and I've created some good relationships and I've, I've done some things in business, but you know, really for me, it's like, if I get to wake up every day in the morning and I know I'm, I'm privileged, dude, like I, I get to wake up and do the things I enjoy to do, do the things I would do if, if no money was involved, if money did not matter, I would do the things I do right now every single day. And that to me is a definition of success. And it's not like, what, and I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, right? Because at the end of the day, this is all subjective opinion. Absolutely. What I believe, what Jackson believes, what someone might listening to this believe, like it's going to all be different. But I've just gotten to a point early in my life where I just like money is not what I chase and it's not my North Star. Now, is it important? Of course. Does it help build businesses? Does it help, um, you know, create legacy and, and wealth? 1000%. But it's not, I don't wake up every day in the morning because of money. And if I did, then I, I think I would live a much more shallow life and it wouldn't be as enjoyable. Um, but don't get it twisted. Like money is a big part of this game, especially in the capitalist country that we live in, right? So I think having that equilibrium of understanding that money is important, but it should not be the only thing is a powerful, powerful place to be because it allows you to be patient. I think that is a strength of mine of just like, I can really see grass grow for a long time and I'm content. Like I don't need to see, I don't need instant gratification of like, whether it's validation from other people or whether it's winning a trophy or winning a medal because I qualified for a race. Like I'm just, I'm, I, I fall in love with the process. And I think part of that is from my athletic background as a, as a football player. And like, if you think about football, dude, like 
football players train almost year-round for 10 to 12 opportunities to showcase what they do. And in the NFL, you have 17 opportunities, right? But those are very small opportunities if you think about the grand scheme of life. And it forces you to believe in delayed gratification because you can't just rush into things when it comes to sports, especially sports, right? And life is very similar. Like people nowadays want to catch the quick bag and they want to find the quick flip or the investment that's going to make them a millionaire so they can go buy a car. Like, I'm just like, that's not how my brain is wired. So that would be my definition of success is waking up every day in the morning and enjoying what you do so that then you can spread that energy to other people. And that's just how I want to live life. And that's my definition of success. Would you consider yourself more of a morning person or do you have some non-negotiables in your morning routine or just your routine throughout the day that you have to get done every single day? Yeah. I mean, dude, I, even for, even as a kid, bro, I was always a morning person. Like I would never had issues growing up, like just waking up in the morning. Like my mom never had to like wake us up, like me and my brother, honestly, but actually I lied. My brother was a little bit less of a morning person. Um, but I don't know. I've always had that framework. Like, you know, at this point, even if I'm a little tired, like, Hey, I'm up now. So like, let's just, let's tackle the day in that sense. Right. And as I've gotten older, I've obviously I've tried to educate myself more. I've fallen in love with learning more and, uh, trying to optimize my day. And as humans, there are so many distractions in this world, especially because of the phone. And a lot of times the phone is the first thing that we look at, right? And the phone, as powerful as it is, and as much as I use it throughout my day, there's points in my life and my day that I will not touch it. And it's not a part of what I do, right? And the morning is my solitude where I do my morning meditation. I do the Wim Hof method every day in the morning. It's the first thing I do before I brush my teeth. My phone, it typically sits on the other cross of other part of the room because one, the EMF of the phone, you don't want it too close to you when you're sleeping at night. And plus, when the alarm sets off and the phone's on the other side, you have no choice but to get up, right? And then once I get up, it's a non-negotiable. I'm up. I'm not going to go back to sleep in that sense. So I wake up and I, I do the Wim Hof method immediately. It's a, it's a meditation uh, and, a, and a little bit of breath work as well. Um, and then I do like my push-ups in the morning. I do a little bit of stretching and mobility. And then I'll brush my teeth and I'll get into my morning routine of I read the Daily Stoic every day in the morning. And that's just kind of been ingrained in me. I read it, the book last year, one page every single day. And I just wanted to continue to spread that. And I post it on my Instagram in the mornings because one, a lot of people get the benefit of reading that book with me without having to purchase it. And it's a great book. And it's about, you know, being, if you don't know what the Daily Stoic is, it's basically a study of different philosophers and meditations and, and leaders that were basically very, very stoic. And that term basically means like, the ability to handle stress and adversity with a very calm and conducive mat matter. Um, and it's just a very peaceful and like educational book that you can apply a lot of the things in, into your own life in that sense. Um, but I would say the first like 20 minutes, but after I post it on Instagram, like my phone is not really touched in the morning and then I'll get into my morning runs, especially living here in Texas. Like, dude, it's Jackson. It's almost unbearable. Yeah. The heat during the middle I've of the day. Got, so just, I've got so much family in Texas. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I like to run and I like to get active in the morning. Um, it's just another time to kind of get away from the device. Even though I bring my phone with me, I'm not checking social media during that hour. Right. So it's kind of like a release in that sense. Um, and then when I get back home, it's like, then I'm like, all right, well, I got to go check emails. I got to do work stuff now. So that's kind of my morning routine in Jackson. It's pretty much a non-negotiable for me at this point. If I'm traveling, I still do it in some form or fashion, even if it's condensed, if it's shorter, that's cool. I still take that time to make sure that I set the time early in the day for Matt, where I have so many distractions going on with social, with emails, with clients. And, you know, when you put everyone else above your own self, 
a lot of times that's when your own health starts to deter. And I know that at the end of the day, my health is the biggest asset that I have as a human. So I got to make sure that Matt is on point, full of energy so I can support and give that energy to other people. So I take my morning routine seriously, really, really serious. And it's something that I've developed over the past two years that like it, it's become a lot more like ritual, right? Because before it was like, all right, let me try this and sprinkle in this because I'll tell this for anyone right now listening. Like, you know, obviously I listed a bunch of things that I do in the morning. Like you got to find what works for you. And maybe it's just, you know, getting back on the floor and stretching a little bit. Maybe you just start with that. Like maybe you're not ready to do meditation, but maybe you're not ready to read a book in the morning, but that's cool. Like, take baby steps. And over time, those baby steps, those habits, those routines that you've built will then carry over into a large, large, um, you know, routine in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I like to harp on too. Like with people who follow me, they know that I'm, I'm a very early morning person waking up super early. Um, but just staying off your phone and maybe moving a little bit, you know, getting hydrated early in the morning are just some keys for me. But I've noticed too, like I've tried different things in the morning and some things work, some things don't work and different things will work for different people. So, you know, getting ready to go in the morning is going to change from person to person, but you just got to find, you know, hone in on, uh, on what works for you in order to be productive and energized for the day, for sure. Um, so I kind of want to backtrack a little bit and you talked about, um, learning a lot and talked about the daily stoic also if mm-hmm. you don't follow matt for any other reason but to see the daily stoic do that <laughs> that would save you guys 25 bucks <laughs> i've seen your youtube channel seen your tiktok and everything and you read a lot right you read a lot i do books. so i want you to give me top three books that you've ever read all time maybe they can be motivational um educational whatever it may be top three putting you on the spot 100 um the first one because it was completely shifted my framework mentally um as an entrepreneur um rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki classic it's one of those books it's a super easy book and like just giving you guys some context like i was a very bad student and i hated school and i would cheat a lot and as a student athlete like i would just do enough to get by i never read a full book cover to cover when I, when I was in college, like a lot of like my spare time was just, you know, chilling with the guys or partying or, or, or doing whatever. Right. So that was the first book I read cover to cover after college, rich dad, poor dad. It's about financial literacy. It's about getting out of the employee mindset, which a lot of us have because we've been taught as students to go get this job and then retire at 65. And that very, very OG path of life, we never get taught to be entrepreneurs. And this was the first book I ever read that I was like, damn, like you are worthy enough. You are able enough and you are capable enough if you want it to go start something on your own and to build your own business and to be your own boss and to live life for freedom, like true success and true, like quote unquote freedom is not having to, to go work for anybody. Right. Like that is true freedom. Cause at the end of the day, no matter what job you work at, if they pay you $300,000 a year, you still have to go report to somebody. You still have to go submit your quote unquote PTO, right? So for true freedom, you need to have businesses and investments and assets that are making money for you while you're sleeping. So that's the first book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a super, super easy read. I highly recommend everyone listen to this. If you haven't heard of that, go listen to it on YouTube. It's for free. Um, Or just go buy the book. It's probably 20 bucks. Um, Second book is about the mind. Again, 
Um, and a lot of these books are mental, right? Because at the end of the day, our mindset is really what pushes us to challenge ourselves as well as to step out of our comfort zone. Because if you don't believe it in your own, own mind in between your ears, you'll never achieve it and you'll never try because you need to have the internal well, uh, the will to at least attempt it. So second book is called Limitless by Jim Quick. Jim Quick is a uh, mind, he's a mind coach. He basically teaches people how to remember things better, um, just like literally how to learn faster. He works with a lot of actors and actresses when they're learning scripts or presidents when they're learning speeches and things of that sort. But this book, Limitless, just talks about how much more potential we have that we don't really fully maximize. And it has nothing to do with the physical. It just has everything to do with how we talk to ourselves, the way that we train our brain, the foods that we eat, and how a lot of these things play a role in, into the humans that we become. So definitely check that one out. It's super, super practical, another easy read. And then the last one I'll give you here, third book is by David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. And this one is a very sadistic book. Like it's something that it pushed me to go run hundred miles. It pushed me to do a lot of things physically that I felt I was always a physical like person. Like I played football, I played division one football. So like, it's not like I was like someone that was like 300 pounds and I ended up losing all this weight, but no, it's about pushing yourself and doing things that you don't love to do, but finding the discipline to make, make it uh, something that you do all the time. And it's a guy, I mean, dude, this guy's a savage. And you know, if you guys end up reading that book, like you don't have to do everything that he did. Make sure that you read the last chapter because he kind of talks about like, look, he had to do it this way. Not everyone needs to do it exactly that way, but the book itself, it makes you open up your own mind and your perspective of like, damn, like how much am I leaving on the table? And like, if you think about your life and you look at it like a lemon or like a piece of fruit, and like, if you're trying to squeeze all the juice out of that fruit, how many people by the end of them, their life really maximize their full potential? Like that should be the goal for us as humans is, to make sure that we left the earth a better place than we came in. And part of that is making sure that you're giving your all and you're giving your best effort in everything that you do, whether it's relationships, whether it's business, whether it's your health, like we can all do better in, in multiple facets of our lives. And that book kind of opened up for me, but those will be the three that I feel like if you read those three, you'll kind of be on, you'll be on some shit. Like you'll, you'll get a good framework. You'll be ready to go. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll definitely sure. be ready to go. For sure. Yeah. I, I've, I need to read Limitless. I've read the other two. I, I need to read that one. Jackson, you will love it, bro. You will love that book. I'm telling you right now. All right, I'm putting it on my list. Right after the podcast, I'm getting on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we talked about habits. We talked about your books. Um, I want to talk about athletics a little bit because I also have an athletic background. I'm in college right now. I don't participate in college athletics, but I was huge into athletics in high school. Hell yeah. How did, how did athletics prepare you for the real world? I know this is mm. also another broad question, but I feel like there's so many life lessons um, from playing a sport in high school, college, whatever it may be. The most. Um, you know, soft skills right now are becoming more important than technical skills. And what I mean by that, soft skills like kindness, discipline, work ethic, you know, empathy, like things that you can't measure like you, there's no test of how empathetic I am, <laughs> but there's a test on mathematics. There's a test on knowledge. There's a test on English, right? Like there's a test on technical skills. That's why there's exams and certifications to pass. The ability to have the soft skills while also building your technical skills is one of the most important factors. And it's the most important factor I learned from sports. When you're a part of a team in any form or fashion, you learn these soft skills, right? 
leadership, teamwork, accountability, things that you can't measure. And that's the most important thing with sports is you learn those things and you're doing it as part of a group, especially when it comes to football and some of these team sports. Now, if, you run a, if you're an individual sport, there's still aspects of those soft skills that you can still lean into and still gain. But dude, there's a reason that a lot of businesses and corporations look for former student athletes as employees because they make, you don't have to teach them these things, right? And it's very, very invaluable when it comes to corporations and building the, the, the what's it called, the environment and then the co company culture. Like they look for those types of people because it helps build a better experience. Right now, there's no better time to go work for yourself right now, right? Like there's no better time to go be your own boss, to be self-employed. So what, what's happening is that a lot of corporations understand that. So they're doubling down on their culture. They're doubling down on HR. They're doubling down on the people that they're bringing in because they understand that, dude, employees have options now. Like you can literally quit your job that's paying you six figures to go make 75K doing what you love to do. So if you're a company now, you have to understand that. And they do understand that. That's why they're developing and spending so much time in building their people. So I would say that's the number one thing I got from playing sports. Like if you're playing a sport right now, whether you're in high school or college, and maybe you're not a starter, maybe you're not seeing the field as much as you want, understand that it's bigger than just playing. And you might not be able to see that at the moment, but the skill sets that you're developing, just being a part of a team are invaluable. And you will continue to expand that for the next 40, 50, 60 years. Because if you're 20 something right now, like you're just getting started. Like you haven't even scratched the surface of your full potential. So understand that the soft skills that you're developing in, in part of that, being part of that team will help you at 50 when you're a leader and you're the boss of your company, right? And it, it'll help you like tremendously throughout. It's been one of the biggest soft, the soft skills I've gotten from sports is one of the biggest assets I have as a human. And it's part of the reason that I get to work with people and that people want to work with me in that sense. And it's something that you can't measure. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think one reason too that, you know, as you mentioned, soft skills are in such high demand right now is because technical skills, everything like that is becoming automated, right? Humans are like going extinct in terms of the workforce, right? So when you can work for yourself and advertise yourself and um, create something new, then that is so much more valuable than, you know, being able to, um, not to say that these skills aren't important, but, you know, to being able to work for somebody and doing a job that now robots can do, AI can do all that kind of stuff too. So I, I Dude, that's, literally. that's one of one of the reasons, but um, I kind of want to go back and we talk a lot about success here. We talk about, um, you know, motivation, but I want to flip it on its end, 180 degrees. And I want to talk about one of your biggest failures or your biggest obstacles. Um, how did you deal with it? What was it? And uh, yeah, I mean, How'd you, how'd you cope with it and come out of it stronger? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, you know, failure is one of those things that happens every day, right? Like, and there's levels of failure, right? Um, if I'm thinking of something specific, I mean, I'll give you an example for like, this happened more recently in the past, like five months, six months. Um, a publication reached out to me, a book publication reached out to me to potentially write a book called Ultra Running for Beginners. And the goal for them was that they were looking for people in the ultra running space that, that weren't elite runners. Like I'm not an elite runner. I'm someone that got into this space and I, I've obviously learned a couple of things along the way, um, but I'm far from like an elite runner. 
but they wanted someone to write a book that related to to just beginners, someone that can break it down to someone on a very you know A to Z, very generic level. And I, there was five different you know quote unquote content creators that are in the running space that got offered this, and I was one of the five. And I ended up not getting it. I had to submit a 500 word uh, what's it called like a sample writing and. Back to what I said earlier, Jackson, like I wasn't the best student. I wasn't the best um, writer. Like I just like, I never applied myself in those ways. I'm a much better at this point speaker that can then turn my audio into something, right? But it was so funny. Cause like a lot of people might look at that like, oh damn, like that's like a wasted opportunity. I wish I could have got that. Like I could, there was two ways that this, this could happen. Like after not getting that, I could have been like down and out, you're a failure. No one's ever gonna invite you back to write, be an author. How you, you'll never be able to write a book. Like all of those negative self-doubt, that self-talk that we all have when something doesn't go our way. But, but honestly, I, I really, I smiled when I didn't get it because I was just like, I wasn't ready for that. Like I didn't even plan that as an opportunity for me. So like, honestly, Jackson, a lot of things in my life, like I don't really look at failing. I just like, I learn, I look at it truthfully as like an opportunity to learn and get better, right? Because in that moment, I'm like, damn, they're smart for not picking me right now because I know I, I didn't give out, I didn't put out the best work that I could have because it's just not, I don't, I'm not so comfortable when it comes to writing in that sense. Um, but internally, Jackson, like I just knew that this wasn't gonna be my last shot, right? Like I knew that there will be always another opportunity, whether it's me self-publicating my own book or me coming up with a different publication, whatever it might be like. I would tell people right now, fail as much as you can. Stretch yourself as much as you can because the more and more you do that, you realize that there is no failing in life. There's only learning. Because if you if you never fail, if you never like, if you never take an L in life, that means you've never tried. Like you're not even trying. Absolutely. Right? Because you need to try something new to fail. Because if I just sit here and only run one mile a day, Jackson, how could I ever know what my like, true capability is if I only stay in that comfort? So to me, there's no failure in life. There's only learning. And the reason that I, I'm willing to say yes to things and stretch myself too thin sometimes because I want to just see. I want to see where, I, where I'm at and whether I succeed or quote-unquote fail. To me, it's just another opportunity to, to, to sharpen my own tools. And that's kind of how I perceive it. But like that book example is like, like it quickly, like I wasn't dwelling on the fact that I didn't get it. it. It just went over my head. I'm like, damn. They, it, it's an L for them, if anything, Jackson, right? Because I'm like, I would have been able to put out a really good like book, I feel like. Maybe I wouldn't have been the best writer, but I know that I have a lot of things internally in between my own ears, a lot of knowledge that I would be able to extract. But that was like a prime example of like, I don't really look at anything in life as like a failure. There's always opportunities to learn from the things that we quote unquote mess up. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your organization because you, you, have so many ideas you put out a ton of content you seem like you're a very busy individual how do you organize your ideas and how do you turn them into something physical what's your what's your strategy for that yeah i mean you'd be shocked that i'm not as organized as you think <laughs> you seem um, very organized <laughs> I, I am to a T when it comes to like certain deliverables that I know that are just like, they're at a minimum for me. Like, for example, like I am going to post six pieces of content a day across, you know, four platforms. Like that's just what I will do every single day. It's a habit, no different than my morning routine. Right. Um, there's organizational thought things when it comes to admin work that I could get so much better at Jackson, when it comes to emails, when it comes to certain brand deals that I work with that might not be like 
my favorite things to do that kind of just picked up along the way. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things though, like when it comes to organization, I think some of it for me, when it comes to content related, it comes back to what I said earlier, document and don't create. It gets so much easier to get creative when you're not like, damn, does this sound right? Does this angle look good? Does this lighting look good? Right? Like, like I don't really worry about those things, but something practical and tactical that maybe someone could walk away with is use some form of a system, whether it's like notion, whether it's, you know, your notes, like it doesn't have to be complex. It could be a, a spreadsheet, like have a calendar for yourself or some, some sort of where you can jot ideas and where you can kind of like further expand on those ideas. Right. So like recently, like, and honestly, a lot of my side note, a lot of my ideas, Jackson, sometimes come from the people, like from comments. Yeah. Like if, if someone asks a comment, like they're repetitively asking the same thing of like, how do I find my first pair of running shoes? Instantly, I'm like, that's a great piece of content, right? Nice. So after you've kind of developed your 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 content and, and you've developed your community, sometimes you just got to look at the people and, and see what they're asking. And that becomes your brainstorming, right? But coming back to like the notion or your notes, like I would say jot it down. Like a lot of times we remember things after we write it down. And honestly, if you do it on pen and paper, sometimes you remember it even more. Um, if you don't want to do that, then do it in your notes or find Notion or something that can like kind of better organize those thoughts. Um, but I like to just like throw stuff on like a, on the wall, like whether it's on like a spreadsheet or whatever, and like kind of just list down the ideas. And then from there, I'll kind of pick and choose like, all right, like let's bang this one out, right? Like let's cover this idea. And then sometimes along that journey, like when I'm talking to my team, when it comes to like YouTube videos or, or, or short form content, it's like, hey, like this video could then spiral down and we can use this as like a part two, part three, part four. And then we start to brainstorm together. And I think another great piece of advice is like get around other creative people. And naturally you will start to get better ideas and you'll start to think more creatively just because you are a product of your environment and the people that you hang out with. And if you're around more creative people, you're going to naturally get more creative. If you're around a, a bunch of negative people, it's no surprise that you'll get more negative, right? So I would say surround yourself with more creative and positive thinkers. Also jot down your ideas and throw them somewhere where you can kind of look at it and make sure you kind of update and see the progression of where those videos are going. But that's kind of how I would say I try to keep my creativity organized in that sense. I love that. I love that. And that's something I harp on too, right? Creating a positive, productive environment for yourself in whatever space you're in, you know, content creation, business, um, what whatever it is, you know, so... I want to be respectful of your time. Um, we, we could probably chat for hours here because honestly, so many questions for you, but um, I want to end here on a couple questions. Um, mm -hmm. If you could give your younger self advice, what would you tell him? If I can give my younger self advice, um, I would tell them things I tell myself right now, which is be really patient, right? Be patient in this journey of life. I tell my friends all the time that I'm going to live to 100 years old. And I, like Jackson, I thoroughly, to my core, believe that, that I will be 100 years old and continuing to run and continue to do all the things I want to do in this world. And to get to that point, I'm 27 years old. I have 73 more years to go. So if you think about how long of time that is, how many more things I can achieve in this world in that time, that would be the biggest piece of advice for someone young right now is that don't feel like there's a rush or that there's society pushing you to, to be a, a certain somebody or make a certain amount or be married or to find your love, like, like whatever it is, like society tells us a lot of things, but understand that you have to live life for yourself. And if you have a vision for what you want to do and achieve, 
understand that no one else needs to see that vision but you, but you. And if you're patient and you put the work in, I guarantee that over time you will find and you will build the life that you want to live. And to me, that's the come back to success, right? Like that's success. The ability to design the life that you want to live. And part of that is being patient along the process. And that would be probably the best piece of advice I give to my younger self. And, you know, it carries over into a lot of things that we do right now. If you're an athlete and maybe you're, you know, you're not, you're on the bench or you're not getting the time that you want, be patient and keep putting your head down and working and, and, and doing your best to learn from your coaches. And if you're, maybe you're in a career right now that you don't love your job, well, slowly build out the things that you like outside of work, right? And, and kind of work on that and be patient with that. So I think patience right now is something that's not sexy. It's not like being super talked about, but it's very practical. And if you can do that, a lot of my journey has been just patience. Jackson. I could have quit creating content a, like three years ago when no one was watching my stuff. Right. It would have been easy to do that. But like now it's fun to look back at those videos and just be like, damn, to your point, there's a lot of growth. And patience is the answer in that sense. Yes, for sure. Okay, one last question. I ask this to everybody who's here. Um, it can be a, a motivational phrase, a quote, a slogan, whatever it is. But give one little message for the audience all over the world. One little message. I love that. Um, there's a guy, his name is Naval Ravikant. And he said, when you find out what is work for others, but it's play for you, you are in a great place. And what I mean by that is when other people look at the things that you do as like, oh my God, that's like, how do you do that? That's like, I could never fathom doing that. But in your mind, it's like enjoyable, it's play, it's your time to be, like, it's fun for you. You know you're in a great spot because they don't need to see the vision that you have. They don't need to have the same interests as you. But you got the, the goal of life should be to find that. Like, what lights us up on fire? What, what, what do we want to do every single day that we don't care if money was involved, right? And find what that is for you. Find what is work for others, but is play for you. And I guarantee you guys that you will find and you will live a very filled and fun and enjoyable life. Because remember, it's your life for a reason. Like, no one else has to see what you want. You just gotta see it for yourself and envision it for yourself and put your foot, one foot in front of the other every single day to try to build to that point. And whether you reach it or not, the journey of getting there is literally worth everything. And that would be my last little piece of a quote or advice there. <laughs> perfect, Matt, that's perfect. I appreciate it. Where can people find you? What platforms are you on? What are your handles? Give Hell them. yeah. Um, one, it was, I appreciate you having me as a guest. It was super fun chatting yeah. with you. Um, really fun just chatting um you guys can find me pretty much on all social media like on instagram on tiktok matt Choi six on youtube you can find me just at matthew Choi. um i'm really invested into like all the platforms right now where i'm just trying to push out as much content as i can and um you know i try my best to respond to messages and, 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 and dms as well like, that's how me and jackson got connected so i might be delayed here and there but like i'll do my best to just really get back to my audience no matter like I tell people all the time, Jackson, like, I don't want people to think that, like, I'm different, especially, like, my hometown friends. Like, I don't care how many people follow me. Like, that to me is not why I do what I do. Like, I just want to be a really good human, and that's my North Star. And I want to inflict that in my content. I want to put that into my everyday life. And if you, you see me, like, don't be afraid to say what's up, because, like, I'll probably say what's up, and we'll chat a little bit and talk about running or talk about whatever. Um, but that's where you guys can find me. 
Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, I'm definitely going to listen to this podcast episode probably five or six times over and over again because it was such a great conversation. Uh, you are so well-spoken, and I appreciate you for taking the time. Next time I'm in Texas, I'm hitting you up and we're getting a run in. I love that, dude. I love to hear it, man. It was an absolute pleasure being able to chat with Matt today about all the things that we talked about in today's podcast episode. If you would like to learn more about the Morning Crew podcast, you can visit jacksonryanfitness.com slash morningcrew. And there you can find our recent podcast episodes. You can find uh, merchandise that's available for sale. You can get into contact with us if you are interested in joining the podcast or know somebody who might be interested in joining the podcast. And you can also join our Discord community, which is linked on that page as well. If you want to follow me, my name is Jackson. As I mentioned, uh, you can follow me on Instagram um, and TikTok and find my YouTube channel. All of those are at Jackson Ryan Fitness. That is all for this episode of the Morning Crew Podcast. Feel free to join us again. Today, I want to challenge you all to think about what it means to be your 100% authentic self in whatever action you do today. Try and be as authentic as possible. All right, let's get after it. I'll see you guys next time.